This is the 206th QuackCast, a review of supplements, complementary, and alternative medicine, aka scams. For those of you who like this sort of thing, might I point out that I also do another science-based medicine podcast, Sisyphus Speaks. Included in that is a once-a-week review of what is new in supplements, complementary, and alternative medicine. You can find Sisyphus Speaks, the podcast of the Society for Science-Based Medicine, over on iTunes and at the Society's website. This is the 206th podcast. It's called Chinese Biomedical Research, Sturgeon's Law in Action. A liar will be believed even when he speaks the truth. Aesop. He's fabulous. God, that's an awful pun. It has long been noted that there is a discrepancy in outcomes in clinical trials of traditional Chinese pseudomedicine when comparing those studies that have been done in China or Asia and those done in the United States and Europe. 99% of acupuncture study in China are positive and, quote, no trial published in China or Russia found a test treatment to be ineffective. This odd result has always been ascribed to a combination of cultural bias and perhaps poor methodologies. Quote, the method of randomization was often inappropriately described. Blinding was only used in 15% of trials. Only a few studies had sample sizes of 300 subjects or more. Many trials used as control another Chinese medicine treatment whose effectiveness had often not been evaluated by randomized controlled trials. Most studies focused on short-term or intermediate rather than long-term outcomes. Most trials did not report data on compliance and completeness at follow-up. Effectiveness was rarely quantitatively expressed and reported. Intention to treat analyses was never mentioned. Over half did not report data on baseline characteristics or on side effects. Many trials were published as short reports. Most trials claimed that the tested treatments were effective, indicating that a publication bias may be common. A funnel plot of the 49 trials of acupuncture in the treatment of stroke confirmed selective publication of positive trials in the area, suggesting that acupuncture may not be more effective than the control treatments. End of quote. That's a lot of methodological awfulness. As we have described at length at the Science-Based Medicine blog, the poorer the methodology, the more likely a pseudomedical trial will have a positive result. But the issue is not that of cultural bias or badly done studies. Nope. It appears that, to some extent, Chinese researchers just make shit up. An evaluation by the Chinese government found that, quote, more than 80% of clinical data is fabricated. It seems that making up data is de rigueur in China. Quote, clinical data fabrication was an open secret even before the inspection, the paper quoted an unnamed hospital chief as saying. Academic ethics is also an underdeveloped field in China, leading to an academic culture that is accepting of the manipulation of data. I don't think that the 80% figure is overstated. I grew up a science fiction fan and a believer in Sturgeon's Law that 90% of everything is crap. It looks like Chinese medical researchers use Sturgeon's Law as a commandment rather than as a warning. The review does not specifically mention if TCPM studies were included and my reading suggests that the investigation applies to standard biomedical research. But given the fantastical nature of traditional Chinese pseudomedicine and the vanishingly small, 
on order of gravitational wave detection, one ten thousandth of a diameter of a proton, 10 to the minus 19th meters, prior plausibility of TCPM, and the likelihood that most TCPM is Oakland. No, there, there. I would wonder if the 80% is a gross underestimate. Which presents an interesting and difficult problem. At what point can you no longer trust the veracity of a literature? 1.97% of researchers admitted to making up data and more have participated in other nefarious practices. Worrisome, but not as difficult as a culture of fabrication. A single researcher will do less damage than a whole society. A single fake paper is likely to be swamped by the preponderance of the literature. But what if the entire literature is built on lies? Then what? Evaluating the medical literature as a practicing physician, I would assume that if a researcher made up his data for one study, then all his data in subsequent bloviating would be suspect. Like Wakefield. I would assume that anything Wakefield says would be a lie until I could prove otherwise. And that goes against my default position to assume that usually people are not deliberately lying to me. I was raised to think that a person is only as good as their word. Of course, outside of the medical literature, lying is not always considered a detriment. For the Electoral College, 80% is evidently just fine. If patients put their health, wealth, and life in my hands, I have to know that the clinical trials upon which I am basing my decisions are as close to true as possible. Truthiness is not good enough. Can we automatically assume that all biomedical research coming out of China is fabricated? How can we tell? We can't. And I would be especially skeptical of clinical trials of TCPM. It would also be interesting to see if the results of the almost too numerous to count acupuncture meta-analyses, if they were reanalyzed, removing all the Chinese studies. Unfortunately, when it comes to the medical literature from China, since the information can't be verified, you have to assume that it cannot be trusted and so no longer counts. It has to be considered a persona non grata unless it can demonstrate otherwise. I assume true believers of TCPM will ignore the findings and point to the malign influence of Big Pharma on medical research, as if that makes the lies out of China just peachy. Dr. Cummings, over at the BMJ blogs, was recently upset that acupuncture is considered by Wikipedia to be a pseudoscience. The acupuncture TCPM literature is likely far worse, the lying lies of liars. And that ends the 206th QuackCast. The references are available at Science-Based Medicine for the January 20th, 2017 blog entry of the same name. And also remember my other pseudo-medical podcast, Sisyphus Speaks, available at iTunes. Talk to you later. Bye.